Hey everybody, Adam here again for another bonus episode of uh, TFG Radio. Today I have a special guest. Um, many of you may recognize him from Warhammer TV in the er, when it first uh, came out. Um, more of you may, many of you may recognize him now as from the Honest Wargamer uh, website, Twitch stream, YouTube channel, uh, podcast, and anything else under the sun regarding media. <laughs> um, Mr. Rob Symes, is that how I pronounce it correct? I'm sorry. <laughs> You nailed it. Almost no one gets that right. So thanks. <laughs> I'm usually bad with names, which is funny because everyone gets my last name wrong. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so the re- uh, I just want to talk about Rob, with Rob um, a, a number of things. But first, Rob, um, if you can, real quick, just give us a, a quick overview of your uh, history in regards to just uh, wargaming in general and GW. Okay. Uh, hi everyone. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing for about. I've been playing Warhammer for about six years maybe seven years uh got super invested in it straight away um really enjoyed it thought it was ace uh really loved the background started off with warhammer fantasy battles um played a bunch and then uh moved into the horus heresy not too long after uh and then uh proceeded to do quite well at quite a few tournaments um based locally in nottingham and then i ended up uh um, the Games Workshop set up their foundling marketing department and I've spent 10 years as like a, uh, well 11 now, like 12 now actually, so oh shit, I'm old. Um, <laughs> as a, <laughs> as um as a nightclub promoter, so it's like social media marketing has been something mm-hmm. I've done for, for most of my life. So that plus Warhammer gave me like, uh, some pretty unique skill sets. Uh, to go and work in that little, I mean, the marketing department is only three or four people at that point. Then I worked at Games Workshop for a year and a bit, uh, set up Warhammer Live, which is their mm-hmm. live streaming uh, TV bit, and helped uh, push a lot of their uh, fledgling community interaction. And then uh, left Games Workshop, set up a show called The Honest Wargamer, where we talk about Warhammer. Um, and most importantly, we're not sponsored or endorsed by anyone. We're just crowdfunded. Which is pretty key because we get to be free, independent press at that point, which is, I think, important. And that's it. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we 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 did we, at one point we tried um, to to get like preview copies from uh, from Games Workshop, um, but I think they listened to the one episode where we where we went to a tournament, and we described the tournament as the Baby Seal tournament, and I don't think that goes over well with the GW. <laughs> <laughs> Where we, where me, me and one of my, one of the other co-hosts got our, our fresh coat of, uh, our, our new furs for the winter. Um, um it, it, in my opinion, it's a lot less, um, <laughs> based on stuff like that and it's more just nepotistic. I just think you don't know the right people yet. Give yourself time. Just make sure you ingratiate yourself towards the right people and that's really all that matters. The problem is because some I'm... of the shows say some pretty outrageous things but still get some support, right? <laughs> I I've always been bad at that, unfortunately. Because I, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, because um, I used to work in Hollywood, in the Hollywood in the entertainment industry, and oh, I wow. don't I don't anymore, and uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, <laughs> you do have to um, be a particular type of way, right? Yeah, and I'm just I just speak my mind, and I don't have a I I don't have, really have a filter usually, um, so it 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 can get in the way. Uh, it did actually it did get in the way. Of any career advancement in the entertainment industry, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I do, really, I do really respect the people that can keep their cool in the face of in the face of stupid 
you're in the face of like just be nice like those people are, I can just take it and I'm not bothered I'm like wow you are impressive but equally you are not me um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my short definitely I understand that uh, as, a, yeah. as a person no it, and my current job it, you, there's a lot of um, there is what's funny is my current job I, um, for those that don't know I work for a utility company and and I used to work in the Hollywood area, which still, so I was still dealing with those people, but I actually had to be nice to them. Um, <clears throat> but, um, so, so do you prefer, uh, did, so did you prefer fantasy over, uh, 40k or, or horse heresy? So I went through, um, that process that I suppose, depending on how long you've been involved with the Games Workshop as a community, um, I took my first, like, spousal beating from Games Workshop. Death of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, right? Right. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you describe it that way, but that's exactly how it is. I'll tell you right now. As a, what year is this? Uh, 30, uh, 30 plus year battered GW wife. Yes. That, that's more or less how it is. It's worse, but so well. Although I'll give Anyway, a Warhammer Fantasy Battle died or was deleted that day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we knew about it as a community, I don't know, six months to maybe a, a yearly. No, because obviously you had the end times was a part yeah. of that process. Um, and, and you guys who might be new to Warhammer generally might not know that at that point Games Workshop had no communication with their customers, like no. none. So, you know, you're left in the dark and at that point, being very new to the hobby, and I think this is not, it doesn't make me uniquely placed because I'm sure loads of people have been in that sort of same time frame and journey, but I'd invested heavily. You know, I'd gone from having, in that two year period, I'd gone from having no Warhammer Fantasy Battle armies to maybe eight to ten. Wow. And large, way over 2,000 points, like, <laughs> way, way over 2,000 points. Um, I've got a Chaos Dwarf army, like, I'd spent a lot of money, and I was really, um, I was, I loved it. I thought there was some huge problems with, um, like Purple Sun and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought the games was basically a joke. But regardless <laughs> of that, you know, I was like, well, that's how the game's formatted and, and I'm invested in it. And mm-hmm. I was playing with my friends constantly. I had a great time. Went to a bunch of tournaments. I just loved it. It was my first tournament experience during Warhammer Festival. But then that happened and their communication was just awful. And during that period, um, one of my friends suggested that um, I get into the Horus Heresy so I started reading the books and I thought that they were incredible I loved them I was like this is wicked I've always been a long time fantasy and sci-fi like reader mm. As this is all I want this is great this is wicked I love the you know the Romanesque style of this please more so then I went to the Forge World Open Day and that happened about the same time that we really knew that they were going to destroy Warhammer Fantasy Battle and they might be making like a bubble universe or. Yeah, I remember, I remember the bubble rumors. And, um, and it was like night and day, the Forge World Open Day. I went because me and my friend James, we wanted to just go to the painting seminars, but I ended up sitting, sitting in the seminar with Tony Cottrell and at that point Alan Bly, bless him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, John French, I think. All fantastic human beings. And what was incredible was they were just communicating with the customer base. They were just like, this is coming out, we're going to do this later. Like, they were ripping on people. It was like a roast. 
it was just <laughs> incredible. They were smart, they were funny, they were intelligent, they were communicative, they were like talking to the customer base, and I was like, this is the company that I want for the thing that I love, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, it does. Uh, and then obviously they, they did blow up Warhammer Fantasy Battles, uh, but at that point I was like, I'm playing Heresy. Mm. And AOS came out, played it on launch. I was like, okay, this seems quite fun. Um, and then what was really interesting was over the course of that year, I was involved with and went to all of the early versions of the competitive Age of Sigmar when it was all, uh, oh, it was right. all and community based. Yeah, and, and the cash, clon- cash comp and clash comp, and I think there were a couple other ones, Azir. Yeah, it's a clash uh, under most specifically, which is basically AOS one. Yes. Um, I'm going to I'm going to do a whole show on what AOS one was, start to finish, like all, all the truth. <laughs> and um, uh, but that was great because there was this incredible community spirit where people were talking in groups or on forums, and and you would turn up to a, what was amazing about that because you, again, you guys might not remember the game was released. Um, with no points. I remember. No. I, I remember very well. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, you, um, you know what? For for me personally, I came from a background of historical gaming right. from the late 80s, early 90s. And back then, you didn't have points. Okay. So for me, if no points was kind of like, okay, we just make scenarios and we just play. Um. But since I think GW, when they introduced points to their game system in the late uh, late 80s, early 90s, is when everyone else started to do it. So that's what everyone was used to. And then they decided to go back to no points, and everyone's mind blew up. And then you had people burning their armies. Well, so it, it makes sense in, like... So, like, all fair play, if this was all because of Alan Merritt, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what this direction came from. So if anyone's, like, still pissed about it, that's the person. Um, <laughs> Send your emails, uh, too. <laughs> picture on your cardboard or whatever it is you need to, to feel calm. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it, well, I interviewed Jervis Johnson, actually, who is whippet smart and mm-hmm. terrifyingly... Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard, I've heard that, I've heard that from a number of people. Yeah, like, um, uh, and he, uh, just anecdotally, I'll tell you a quick story. I ended up, uh, I was interviewing him on the show once about, I think it might have, it was, was it a new edition of Blood Bowl? No, it was a new edition of 40k, which is interesting because that's basically what we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> um, so sometimes when I would do the show, because you guys may not know, and I don't really want to go into it too much, but basically, from very early on, we, after I set it up, after a few months, we, they hired a manager um, to be oversee uh, Warhammer Live, and he was incredibly poor at his job. And sometimes I wouldn't know who I was interviewing or what I was interviewing them about. Or sometimes people would turn up and they wouldn't know what they were there to talk about, which was fascinating. Um, so. I- like real serious linguistic like gymnastics i'd just be like okay i've got an hour to fill with this person and i don't have any media training i don't um, i don't come from like an acting background or i've never hosted a show until i did while i'm alive so it was just me making it fly and i'm sure some of you could tell and that's okay i don't mind um and and sometimes I would have to drag information. Again, when we did the 24-hour stream, I interviewed one of the uh, background writers for 40K, uh, Canadian David Annadale. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, so, you know, what was it like doing all the background? And he was like, it was good. I was like, okay. What was your favorite <laughs> part? Like, all of it. After about 20 minutes, 
we've got to call this. I was like, hi guys, we're going to go for a minute. I'll be back in a minute, sorry. But with Jervis, when I interviewed Jervis, what was amazing was I had a bunch of questions in my head and, and where I wanted to lead him. And what was amazing is I only realized after the end of an hour, um, when I asked my final question and he answered it, that he, he'd set up his final point with the whole conversation leading up to it. So even though I was asking the questions, his answers were leading me to the place he wanted to go. <laughs> wow. And I turned it off at the end of the day. I don't know if anyone noticed that, like, because conversation is like a, a, a live organism, isn't it? You know, it's two people. It's very in the moment. Mm. But what's fascinating, I, oh, no, have you, like, I was used to controlling the conversation. I was like, did you somehow be in charge of this? <laughs> I'm... <laughs> But he was basically talking about 40k being initially and previously. He likes DM'd games. He doesn't overly love, you know, chess like you and me playing competitive points-based Warhammer. Because he's like, oh, that's not what originally, you know, was created. He liked he likes the DM version. He thinks there should be a third person when you're playing a game um, because he thinks it's just better. And and I, I, it's an opinion, obviously. I don't disagree uh, with someone's opinion. Um, but I think to give the credit to No Points Warhammer, that's, I think, that it deserves. Mm-hmm. I think, as, that, if that made sense, it was a long way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, so was it more of an experiment to see if they could push that, uh, that idea of playing without points and relying on the, the, what they always kind of push the spirit of the game to kind of dictate how to how to build that battle or build that 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 game with your opponent. So let's let's like put a couple of like cast iron facts down. Number one, it was definitely not a beta test to see what it's like for no points. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so any of you out there like oh, Games Workshop are brilliant and they you know they. They, they broke it so they could fix it. And I'm like, no, that was not intentional. There was a, <laughs> when I came on board in the marketing department, there was, I mean, Alamere effectively was pushed out of his position in the company because of the decision to create no points AOS. Mm. So it was as a disaster, a complete monumental flop. Um, it was, you know, it was just awful. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vista. Um, and, uh, so it wasn't not received well internally or obviously externally. And a huge part of that might be just to do with how they again communicated with the company, uh, with the customer base. Yeah, I think that's part of it. You know, they deleted people's entire armies and squatted them and didn't, you know, really apologize for it. Uh, you know, uh, so Tomb Kings just, just, just went, mm-hmm. uh, unions went, uh, and, um, yeah, so that definitely wasn't, uh, I came on after the fact, so I obviously only saw like the fallout and the conversations after. Okay, but it, it was not taken well, uh, or done well, or received well, and generally the universal consensus. But at that point, there were there were people in the company, and, and there still is people in the company that just are so um, able to make decisions, regardless of whether or not they're good or bad decisions, because there's no accountability. I, I've said this before quite often. I'm like, they just need to hire a bunch of professionals to do a job. Um, yeah. So, so, and I want, I mentioned that I ask you this. So you, you did a lot of the commentary, uh, like, cause when did they, 
Because I, I remember when GW used to actually talk to the customers. Um, and I was, I remember when all of a sudden I went to Facebook and I went to look at the Floors World Facebook page and I couldn't find it anymore. <laughs> and no announcements, nothing. They just kind of shut everything off. Um, and then, uh, so you, were you there when they, when they basically flipped the switch and turned it, turned that, turned that back on? No, I was there after. After. Okay. After. Yeah. So that's Eddie and Andy, uh, and Maddie. Uh, also shout out to Manny, um, who's that, that was their department to set up. Uh, now, to be fair, um, and again, to give them credit, uh, it's due. Obviously, I mean, YouTube and Warhammer TV on YouTube, they, Duncan have been making his painting videos years before their Facebook. Yes. And obviously also, um, uh, some parts of that department, Laura and Rob at the time, and Emma also, who was there, you know, they were making videos. They weren't, they were only on export, you know, they were like, here's a product or here's a thing. Mm-hmm. There was some communication coming out of a portion of the company. And obviously, again, as I've stated, and I'll say time and time again, Forge World, um, either at Forge World Open Days or when they're on the stores or if you just happen to talk to them, were incredibly communicative about their product. Mm-hmm before Games Workshop turned their Facebook back on. Right. Um, and, and, and if anything were were that last bastion of sense, <laughs> I think, which what most people, and I know especially the 40K community, look at Ford Jordan and kind of go, you are just mad scientists. Tea <laughs> <laughs> party. And <laughs> that, you know what? I'm not going to lie. That is, is that, that is a, a common uh uh, what, what a lot of us think about Ford World, especially when we see some of the roles that come out. Absolutely. And, and again, and I think maybe that might be their weakest element, the, the rules part. Although, mm-hmm. I will say again, going through the Horus Heresy, one of my favorite pieces of game design ever has come out of the Horus Heresy um, uh, in, in elegance. So um, I think it was book four, maybe, or it might be book five. It was, whenever, it was the Horus Heresy book with black shields. Oh, okay. So if it, you had the Age of Darkness missions, so six core missions, mm-hmm. which were the Age of Darkness missions. Now, you didn't, you don't play Heresy competitively, really, but you just still turn up and play a game and you try to beat your friends, so that's yeah. competitive, right? Um, and those were the six missions. And what was amazing was, you know, super heavies at that point were just the king, yeah. um, and you need dudes in the Spartan and a bunch of other stuff. And then those six missions, what they did was, um, and, and it was part of the narrative movement, uh, like, so they'd moved on from Istvan and kind of the betrayal, and they'd moved on to uh, where there was kind of that galactic shadow war. And those six missions represented um, the, the, that shadow war. So you would, you would have like a priority role at the start, and it would be based on, did you, have, did you bring some scouts, which were trash, but if you brought them, <laughs> were you written? Guard, you know, you got plus one to the role, and you got to pick the mission, and, and you could be the attacker or the defender, and just six missions with that narratively led intro completely changed the meta of the Horus Heresy mm-hmm. without ever needing to touch a point, change a rule, anything. It was and it was so elegant, I thought. Um, so I mean, sometimes, yeah, some of the rules are bananas. Absolutely, I just. <laughs> And and some just suck so bad it makes me want to kill myself. But like just <laughs> yes, just terrible. 
like just so bad like you like you've got that frustration that you just can't understand how someone could do something so bad. <laughs> yeah we 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 helped we helped with the uh, uh the the we helped uh with with the um the Forge World FAQ for 8th edition the for, the oh. first the first incarnation uh when they the initial release not the latest one um yeah and then they took some of our suggestions and some of time and they didn't you know and and we kind of scratch our head as to why they chose this one but not this one but you know it's all good i'm i'm not too worried about it but um but yeah forge world has always been i mean there's a reason forge world is banned at most tournaments for a while yeah, but again, my point was sorry. Touch back onto the subject about communication. No, you know, they were they were the bastion of that, which yeah. I thought was which and is an important point to note. Like you know, everyone talks about New Games Workshop, or you know, like yay, you know, the <laughs> FAQ, whether you love it or you hate it, whatever the situation, they um they are they are years behind their their, their smaller department. Who you know during a really negative time for the company, yeah, or against a larger corporate sense. You know, I'm sure you've worked for a company at some point. You do have to say yes, sir, no, sir, if you want to keep your job. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Or didn't, um, or they played. You know, with they they were playing with fire in being communicative, and I think there's something to respect about that, um, even if it's just a belligerence whatever it might be, I think it's, it's worthy of note and people probably will forget it over time. Um, but I think it's important to remember. Yeah. Um, when, when I know, cause they, they think they still, even when, uh, GW stopped going to non GW events, I think they still went to Adepticon every year. It did. Yeah. 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 Um, so when during, I know you like you said you weren't you were kind of thrust into the position of being an announcer for Warhammer Live. Um, did you have to bite your tongue a lot watching the commentating on the, a lot of the games? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm actually uh, I'm doing my first really good I think live stream in a, in a few months for AOS when uh, for an Age Sigma tournament. Okay. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to getting back into the seat, if you will, <laughs> um, and seeing seeing what I'm like as a person when when the shackles are off. So I did have to bite my tongue. That's definitely true. But at the same time, I took the job on at Games Workshop. I do the show now, and I'm on this conversation with you because mm-hmm. ultimately I've met some of the best friends I'm ever going to have, I imagine, through doing wargaming. I think there's something about wargaming and meeting people and socializing and interacting with this community that you don't get from computer games which is like a multi-billion dollar business right Right. you don't get from all i don't get you know other people might disagree but i don't get from those things and i've been an avid computer game player since i was a child like you know i really love the community and effectively i also love the competitive nature of the game and I think it's a really important part of the game. I think it's why most people play. Now, that's not to cuss out the narrative players in the world. Like, I've got some really good friends who are only narrative players. And again, the Horus Heresy, I love the narrative aspect of it. But people can't self-police. You know, right. um, 
about the start of Age of Sigmar, they're like, you don't need to follow any rules. And I'm like, <laughs> I never needed to be told that I don't need to follow any rules. I can, I can summon five Archeons. <laughs> let me, let me... It's like, at yeah. any point in my life, I can say to my friend, I would like to not follow these rules. And my friend goes, sure, then we can do that. What's good about the rules of the game design, uh, what should be, in my opinion, it should be, it should be set up to allow you and your opponent to have the most fun or the most competitive game you can, you know, um, my, my thoughts. Uh, so, yeah, I did have to, especially, and I've talked about this a little, again, not to labour the point, the guy in charge of us was, I think he's just a flat idiot. Like, I, like to the point where you, you kind of say, do, was he, this is the manager of, of Warhammer TV at that point, and for Warhammer Live, you know, I'd, almost affable. You kind of think you're so destructive, you're so poor organized. It must be intentional, but you know, you kind of—I I say this a lot. Um, oh, what's the quote? Um, it don't attribute to malice, which you contribute yeah. to the stupidity. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. and and sometimes you do. You kind of say you've—you know—you must be. This is malice. There's intent for bad here, um, and you do question it. But uh, there's not. It's just poorly organized, mm-hmm. not no vision, you know, just just not very good at their job. And so sometimes we would have games organized where, you know, someone's like, uh, okay, so Rob, it's new 40k, uh, we've organized someone to bring uh, 80 corn berserkers, and he's going <laughs> to run that Morris gun line. And I'm like, why? <laughs> what can I talk about for two? Oh man. Hours. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, just hearing that idea <laughs> is, yeah. But, and and uh, I mean, I was incredibly lucky to get to work with Dan. So he was my like live TV switcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came on early for Warhammer Live, and I could I, I think of Dan as a lifelong friend. And and we were, it's almost like we were in the rubbish together because some games were just. They were just super, super poor. So it wasn't necessarily that the games being played were poor by the people. It's the spectacle of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's like, I might set up a TV channel where we're going to watch paint dry. And you're like, <laughs> mm, I don't know if that's going to be interesting as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, also, I, uh-huh. yeah, help yourself. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and also, again, and there's loads of people out there who've been incredibly kind and pleasant towards me about my time there and about they enjoyed what I did on the show and I thought it was great. And I have to say a huge shout out to John Brecken, especially for 40K, um, who kept me going through those Fridays. He smart, funny, knows stuff, is just a whippet like intellect and it was just great fun to be around. Um and I, I loved my time commentating with John. Uh, it was it was brilliant, but that wasn't because the games were interesting. Most of the time, it was because because John and me, I felt, were able to at least make it entertaining for ourselves over that two and a half hours. Whether or not other people thought it was entertaining, like that's my worry, right? Mm-hmm. That would always worry because the job is to make the people who are subscribed and are watching entertained and and hopefully also informed, and that they can learn a little bit. And guess what? Learn. Don't run eighty corn berserkers at a Primaris. 
it's a learning experience, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, and I, I have that same thought whenever I see certain movies. I always try to imagine what the pitch was that got that movie approved because that movie is so bad. <laughs> I think it was, I mean, how, you know, yeah, some of the movies I see today, it's, I, I'm just like, I have that same kind of thought process. I think, I guess, if you, just like I said, when you told me, I'm going to have, we're going to have 80 berserkers run straight at this gun line. It's like, what, what happened in that pitch meeting that someone gave the okay for that? You're, you're assuming that there was a pitch meeting, which uh, there was not. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> You shouldn't, because I can tell you that it's not true. <laughs> let me, let me, let me take you, back and you can see the wizard. It's Don't not you. a wizard. <laughs> a hammer just smashing Lego together, uh, <laughs> shattering my dreams uh, over here. <laughs> Santa Claus is real, Rob. <laughs> I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm super on board. And that, and, and, and that's not to say, so yeah, bite my tongue loads of times, but some games were incredible and were why I set up the show mm-hmm. and why I thought it should be something that's relevant. And it, it, it is something that I think the community needs because when it's two players, you're getting the right information from the tabletop. You just, it, you're just in a great place and it's just, I think, riveting TV. For me, yeah, um, that I think that's and that's I think that's part of the, I guess part of the struggle. The, the like we like we do the live streams at at LVO. Um, I think most major tournaments do nowadays, and finding that right. And luckily, luckily Reese was able to find a pair of commentators that know know the rules, know what going, they know what's going on, and they're entertaining to listen to. Um, and 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 I think and I thought I think I that. At least me personally, when I would watch the streams for on on Warhammer TV, I enjoyed that aspect with you on it. Um, I think it was the mohawk and the beard, but that's me personally. Um, uh, but uh, I, I just enjoyed it. And then when you guys would do the little clips, when like especially when when you had these leaks uh, early on, like the Magnus one is probably one of my favorite ones, mm. especially because you had I think it was Eddie was in the bin. Yeah. And he is so cool. <laughs> you have to be to be to be uh, willing to go into the trash bin. Well, Eddie's this just raw talent of whatever he does, he's good at. Like, okay. Just, just, just undeniably solid at everything he tries and does. Uh, again, razor sharp, smart, like a genuine talent. And uh, as hobbyists, the better Eddie's career goes the more well in, the better off we'll all be mm-hmm. um, because maybe in the future we'll get lied to but we won't even know because it'll be such a it'll be <laughs> such a gauntlet in a velvet glove he's he, like um, and he loves he loves the game he loves the background he like he's, he is a cool dude he's super now the, the, those videos you guys would do would they be done like on the fly in response to something that was leaked I got a taxi in I was in the office. I was in for an hour and a half by the time that video was on the internet. The in. the, the uh, Magnus one. Yeah. So I was. I came in from home. It was an hour and a half. I so, mean, yeah. Go ahead. If you, if you start that video, I mean, it was so ad hoc, mm-hmm. and it was so even like 
I don't say poorly looked over because it was such a rush. But, I mean, I didn't hear the end of that from a couple of my friends inside the company for my entire time there. <laughs> to start off, hi, I'm Rob. You don't know me by now, but I'm sure you will soon or something, which was just the most arrogant, ridiculous. Like now when I'm like, please don't, please don't talk about that video. Like, because <laughs> it was just, I was just making stuff up. Like, you know, I did like three or four takes coming out that door right. and I was just saying things and I was like, why is that the one that stuck? That's not what I want people to think I am like as a person. <laughs> Modest. Modest and humble. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> so, okay, so, so you, you, when, when did, so, while, while you were working at, at Games Workshop, did you always have this idea of, well, right now you're on the Honest War Gamer, you, you, that's basically your baby. Did you have that germinating in the back of your mind while you were working at GW? Or is that something that came along afterwards? No, so, I took the job of his workshop to, to be a video editor, and I've talked about this before. So mm-hmm. going to, uh, want to make videos, really still, that's what I want to do, make videos, shoot videos, edit videos, it's my kind of, that's my art, if you will, that's my painting, or, you know, whatever you're into, that's my right. thing. Out of it, if I could. Um, and obviously, you loved Warhammer as well, and it's, you, I mean, you can't really ask, as a creative, you can't really ask more than, say, you know, a, a group of creative artists and then a group of creative sculptors and background writers all give you a product and say, hey, here's all this creativity, make something creative with this to sell to people. It's kind of the dream, right? It's like yeah. perfection. <laughs> yeah. You, you hardly bet. I was like, you know, obsessed with the idea of working there. I was like, this is amazing. Um, and obviously then I set up, but then I come from, as I've told you before, nightclub promoting background and a marketing background. Um, and I've run like the biggest nightclub in the in, in the in the city definitely it was at Nottingham, but arguably the country and one of the most prestigious that the, the UK has Rock City. I ran that for like two years and I was mm. responsible for like sixty percent of its sales, which is pretty rare because uh, it was like a decline in business by five percent, which was interesting because Games Workshop was a decline in business by five percent for five years and then went up sixty percent in their first year back. So you're saying well, you're the cause of GW no, going no, back up? No, no, I'm just saying like, there was a lovely parallel. <laughs> yeah. was well, a lovely I'm, parallel. I'm saying it because it fits my narrative. Okay, good. <laughs> right. you, you, you create your own world, man. You just, you know. That's what story. it's all about, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, but What I'm Alive was that thing that, so you have to remember that not only was I um, doing my the job, video. yeah. So my job was to create my grow. So volume sales was the department that I was in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was in the marketing department, and that's to do with volume sales, so increase the number of products sold uh, and the amount. Now. There are loads of parallels from other companies you can draw, like Magic Pro Tour, as an example. Mm. Yeah, and I went in there very committed with the idea. Well, Games Workshop doesn't talk about, or didn't talk about people playing games. And I was like, and to me, I would say that's a huge percentage of your customer base. Right. Yeah, a large proportion. So it was very much on. I felt very much for me personally. That was the axe that I brought to it that that is the thing that needs to be discussed and talked about. So Warhammer Live 
was created so that you could then create a ProTor. But it was also meant to show internally that playing games was okay because playing games was not okay internally. Hmm. Like being competitive and trying to win. Don't forget, so the outside representation of their of their philosophy during the dark times, let's call it, which are of which they were like, don't play competitive games in the store. You know, don't use points, you know, like, hmm. but, you know, if you're trying to win, that's not what we do here. We have fun. Um, now, obviously, that doesn't happen. That didn't germinate out into the independent scene, but it just seemed like Games Workshop were like, basically, like, if you want to play a game competitively, you can get lost. You're, you're a bad person. Yes. You know, um, that's how it, it felt like. But that also was how all of the people internally were treated and made to yes, sir, no, sir. They had to, they had to agree with that philosophy. Hmm. So yet not only did I have to convince, I had to convince the company internally as well as externally about playing their own game being fun. <laughs> wow. That's... Everyone, right? Because there was, you know, m- much like everyone, I imagine in every resistance, you know, yeah. there, was, there was a whole, there was a whole swath of people who were like, we can enter tournaments. It's like, do you? <laughs> We played a game earlier and I won and it was great. Oh, wow. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone. It's okay. But obviously I came in, uh, again, I came in after some of those shackles had been removed. Mm-hmm. Um, although, but, you know, it takes a long time to change company philosophy and, and to change how people feel comfortable and safe in their, in their jobs. So Sentinel Warhammer Live was, was, was meant to be the start of a couple of things actually because when we initially set up the format if you go and watch Warhammer Live now it's in a much different format and I don't I don't agree with it it was set up in two formats where Wednesday you would have a narrative game of Warhammer Age of Sigmar and then you would have a competitive game of Age of Sigmar and then on Friday you would have the same thing and on Thursday you would just talk to you would just talk to people from around the business because it's a unique it's a USP that no one else has yeah and you you know, you want to hear what they've got to say, and also a way for to talk about new products, talk about the background, talk about loads of stuff. And it was really important that we did both aspects, I thought, of the hobby, the narrative and the competitive, even though the narrative games always had less people watching than the competitive games. Hmm. Because it was, it's, it's really important to push your belief, right? Right. That you want people to, to play these almost RPG games in that setting. And with Age Sigma, especially, I felt we did really, really well with that ongoing narrative. And unfortunately for 4K, we knew the game was changing, so it was difficult to create that, that story straight off the bat. So we would try and create like narrative games, like Space Wars with Thousand Suns, as an example, but have them play a competitive game. Um, all that was, and the idea was, is that you know whatever type of gamer you are, there's something for you to see and experience and learn from um, and be entertained by. Then the idea was, is that then that moves on to a pro tour, and, you know, you're traveling around and we come into the LVO where I met you and we met other people. Professional games, like, cool. Because the reason I was able to get all this money for to set up Warhammer Live was because I showed the CEO, uh, CFO um, uh, that it, it had been done in Magic by, uh, I forget who bought um, Wizards at this point, um, Hasbro. Yeah, I think it was Hasbro. They introduced a pro tour, and in five years, they increased their sales by 180 percent. Which is, I mean, Magic wasn't small before, but that was a huge increase, right? Yeah. And just by giving the customer base what they want, 
they're like, we want to play games. Like, here's a format for <laughs> games. Sweet. Really appreciate that. Like, here's some more money. It's, it's, <laughs> right. everyone wins. The gaming community wins. The company wins. Everybody wins. Uh, and then we hide that idiot manager. And then it's now just a shit show. Um, and that's not to be derisive of the people who work on it. Um, they try to make it the best thing they can, but it has no direction or plan. Like, it's just, you know, that, like, weekly magazine that Warhammer did? It's like that, right? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just got some stuff in, I guess. Yeah. It has no direction. It has no purpose. So yeah. that's what's really... And so, yeah, as I started to be more and more frustrated with the job and, 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 and what was going on, I was... In the background, I was like... And... Uh, and I did, I, I made several different statements. I never tried to lie, and I don't think I ever outwardly lied while I was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was important to me because, again, coming from a marketing background, you know, and I did, I did talk to the guy who hired me, so Andy who hired me, the ma- the manager above me, mine. I did hire, I did speak to him several times and say, look, this is, this is terrible. This is a, this guy doesn't know what he's doing and it's a really poor experience. Like, what you, like, what do you, what have you hired this person for, you know? And then he was like, just to do jobs I don't want to do, basically. I was like, well, okay, you know? And uh, so it wasn't, there was no, like, real good purpose, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in case anyone wants to question that, I have that on a voice recording. So if anyone <laughs> ever to question that statement, so just well, let's just put a nail in that full coffin. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't say things untruthfully. Anyway, um, the point was, oh, I've lost my point now. We're talking about the, uh, your, your, oh, yes, sorry. Yeah. Germinating the, the, the idea of doing the, yeah. Is being honest was something that I was really, really obsessed with while mm-hmm. I was on the show. Um, because I'm talking to you and all the customers every day. I'm sure everyone has their local games workshop or their local gaming store and they've got the guy who they trust who is straight up and honest with them and doesn't bullshit them. And then there's a guy that tries to bullshit them just to sell one more thing. Right. And there's, and there's only one person who you go back to. You don't go back to the bullshit artist. You go back to the guy who you develop a a trusting, healthy relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, So lying to your customers only ever produces a bad feeling, right? Yeah. Um, So I was, I was always about, you know, I wanted to be, upfront and honest and with with people because then people could trust me because I, I didn't want to do a, a job where people couldn't trust what I said I'm not lying for some multinational just so they can get a slightly better profit margin <laughs> yeah and I was in a meeting I was like look if that's what you want me to do you got to pay me a lot more because if I'm <laughs> going to be a whore I want to get the money yeah right. you, you know strippers make a lot of cash they do they the do <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I like the so, um, oh, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Uh, but um, so, so I'm assuming is that that's where you came with this idea about a sh- basically a show that more or less uh, is no holds barred, does doesn't hold back. Well, yeah, and like, and there's a difference between honesty and um, like criticism right mm-hmm. um and i don't think i'm i don't think i'm critical with being being unfair uh, but the reason it's not 
and just me talking and I have other guys on the show. Yeah. Um, and we have the Twitch chat where we do live shows and I'll always re- read dissenting opinion out. I'll always have the guy on the show challenge what I say and I'll challenge what they say. It's, a, I think, a really healthy environment where you hear a bunch of opinions and whoever you are, you can you can take that opinion away for yourself. You can go, okay, I think Rob was on the mark there, but I thought Tom was. Or, you know, like Nathan, I don't agree with what he said then, but yeah, I agree with what Rob said about that particular mechanic or narrative or model. You know, um, like the new night, for instance. I think the new big night looks absolutely silly. Um, <laughs> I, you know, but that's my feeling. But you know, when I talked about it on Thursday, Nick and Tom were like, it's "Wicked man, like, big guns, awesome." I'm like, yeah, I like I like guns on guns on guns. So <laughs> yeah, and, and and again, I don't want, like it, that's really good. I I think it's a really healthy environment because respect is is hearing the other person's opinion mm. and and challenging it and having conversations, but not thinking they're wrong just because it's an opinion. Because that's you know. And we've talked about some of the drama in 40k over the year, um, and I was really proud of the slow play conversation we had the other week. I don't yeah. know if you had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, I did. Um, and I thought that was challenging, um, and I don't think we came up with a resolution. We talked about lots of the resolutions or the answers, um, yeah. but you know, it was just a healthy two-hour chat about something like you were just down the pub with your friends. Is there a system you prefer between the two? Age of Sigmar 40k? Well, they're the, the, mechanically, they're basically the same system, and they're getting even closer with yeah. the new AOS stuff, it would yeah, seem. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so, and, you know, and that was something I was that was expressed to me before, I, uh, which was a comical statement. You know, when I did get to play the new 40k months before it released... And they were like, you know, and I was like, said to Eddie, I was like, Eddie, what is it? He's like, oh, it's just Age Sigma, but you can't shoot to combat. I was like, cool, no problem. <laughs> like, and that's all I needed, right? Like, right. You know, <laughs> it took me, it took me like a good old week to to get my head around attachments, but you know, the core mechanics of the game. I was like, okay, pick this up. This is this is this is so easy. Um, so you know, I had the transferable skills of three years of playing that game system. Um, so mechanically, the game's super simple, but but they are vastly different. Obviously, we're just set up right, and um, uh, I, 40k. I love the models from 40k, mm-hmm. and I love the models from AC. I like I like both. Truth be told, AC has really been lacking in narrative for a long time, but they are doing something about that now, so that's a really fair point. But the narrative has been like super reductive, like and Stormcast for me, Space Marines I love because of the heresy, right. and it, you know they've got that flawed, they've got that flawed background, and they and they really are just trying to copy and paste Stormcast to Space Marines. You know, there's chambers. There's it's 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 yeah. it's the same. That's why. But, yeah, that's why everyone calls them Sigmarines. Uh, yeah, like, and yeah, and it's the parallels are, are unquestionable. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I've always been—I don't know—as a child, I was more of a fantasy fan mm-hmm. um, for setting. But as I grew up, I preferred the sci-fi setting. I don't. I, I, I don't know if there is a game I prefer, if I'm honest, because I like both, and, and I really do. Um, uh, I like that they're different as well, that you can jump. And th- that's not throw heresy out the 
at the thing. I think it's a shame that it's still under the old rule set. But at the same time, as we've seen from 40k, there are some clear issues with that game systemically and like structurally. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't get the new version of Windows until, you know, a year <laughs> after, right? <laughs> I, <clears throat> I know a store that still uses Windows 95, so. <laughs> the best one. The um, best one out there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not using it, if they're still using it. But, um. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have a, a, a game I prefer, but they're all, they're both great. Um, they both pose different challenges, uh, which I think is interesting. 40k is, is just your list. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but AOS requires you to, to play a little bit more, I would say. That's not to be, and um, you go, oh, fuck, fuck Rob. Like, we're 40k players, we're smart. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, if you just get turn one and can delete most of your opponent's army that, from not moving at the back of the board, are you smart? Like, you know what? If you, I hate to say it, but if you talk to John, one of the other hosts, um, uh, you may know him as Salty John. There's a reason for that. There's a story behind that actually. Um, but um, he he always he's maintaining that it's the fir- this is like the first turn edition, and every time we play a game, or he always asks us who went first. And nine times out of ten, it's the player who went first that wins. So I had a really good talk about this all the way back in before Christmas, but definitely towards January. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were, you know, and those stats would come out like 80% of games end on the first turn or something similar like that. And me and uh, we had a big conversation and we said, you know, that's how you shift matters, right? Like, okay, cool. So what you need, we call it eat it and beat it. So <laughs> you need to, you need to learn to go second, build an army that goes second and wins. Right. You know, um, uh, so, uh, you know, the beta strike and, and I mean, the alpha strikes got worse with the fly rates and stuff, um, as time went on, but, you know, effectively the same. When I went to tournament, um, where you just couldn't beat my army. I didn't care what army you had. You couldn't mm. kill it. You couldn't kill it in five turns, let alone one turn. Um, I, and it was just attrition-based, and I really enjoyed that because it's just playing against what's good, right? Right. Um, and you, and that's that's good gamesmanship. That's that's learning, talking through it. And, and your friend's not wrong. Your friend's not wrong. I think the difference is... For me, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, so you're all willing to, to like <laughs> completely think this is this is task. I think some of the codexes are just so grossly underpointed and therefore overpowered because mm-hmm. points for me are just the lever to fix everything, right? Right. Um, so I don't think there's anything necessarily broke. Um, I just think some stuff, specifically Eldar and Custodia Jet Bikes specifically, are so. <laughs> Undercosted. Right. They are just, um, in a different, they're playing a different game. You know, I feel like you can take some codexes and kind of throw them at each other and you, you would have, a, a, like, you wouldn't have a first turn game, you would just have some stuff, but with Eldar and, and, and the Jet Bikes, you just kind of like, what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, um, and, and those are my feelings, but, you know, learn to, I'd say learn to beat that, but, I was in an hour-long conversation in Warhammer World on Saturday with two of my really competitive friends who I really respect their opinion. Um, 
place of who. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter who they are. Um, and we were just going through the product line. We were like, okay, so this faction's trash. This faction's trash. <laughs> this faction's trash. Like, and it doesn't mean the models or the narrative. And um, you know, and I went to a, a tournament with orcs. You know, just like index armies can do well, and I didn't lose a game. Just two of my games didn't finish, and that wasn't me. <laughs> Someone with three shadow swords. Someone with three shadow swords took an hour on a turn. Ugh. So um, I don't feel that was my orc play. I feel that was their shadow sword. Even play. worse. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just life. You just you you learn. And again, like, anyway, um, and we were just like. We were Eldar or Chaos, Eldar or Chaos, Eldar or Chaos, and we were there for ages, and we were talking through Chaos, and it was like, maybe Death Guard, you know, it's like, oh yeah, but sometimes you're going to want that Thousand Sun detachment, you're going to want that, um, and I was like, well, what's the best, what's the best Chaos Force? And then my friends were like, Eldar, and I was like, that is the best Chaos Force, that's correct. <laughs> Um, so I don't know, I, don't yeah, know. I, I think there needs to be some big points changes. Yeah, out here, a lot of the... Uh... Dark Eldar, some pure Dark Eldar, some Eldar with Dark Eldar with Eldar, um, are winning a lot of the tournaments out here mm. currently. Well, they're getting it right. They just they ignore every phase of the game. Yeah, they're, they're like they're like movement. We're the fastest, and we can redeploy. I'm like, good, good start. Okay, <laughs> we've all got the fly keyword basically, so you can't lock us in combat. That's another good stuff. What if I just really wrap it around you? We're, we're super fast, Rob. I don't think you understand how fast we are. Okay. All right. Move on to psychic phase. We can re-roll our casting. Oh, that's annoying. Um, what about perils? We ignore that. Oh, right. damn it. Are your psychic powers any good? The best. Oh, damn it. Okay, your shooting's probably not good. Wrong. One command point. We can re-roll to hit and re-roll to wound on some fire prisms. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, really strange. Oh, by the way, we ignore minus to hit. Oh, that's even even better. Um, there's um, I I personally am, do not do I hate with a passion el- elves in any fashion in any GW game. Yeah, and that stem that actually stems from Blood Bowl. That doesn't even stem from 40k. <laughs> in Blood Bowl, they like do, in Blood Bowl they do everything on twos. Oh right, okay. Where, yeah, if you, I don't know if you ever played Blood Bowl, but um, it's it's basically I pick up the ball, I do it on a two. I throw a pass, I do it on a two. You know, I catch the ball, I do it on a two. Everything's on twos for elves. <clears throat> but um, in every edition of 40k, except maybe I think it was fifth. They people try to argue me that they weren't good in fifth, but I don't care. They were maybe mediocre in fifth, but that's still better than a lot of armies in fifth. Um, they they've always had they've ever since at least third edition they've they've been good elves in general. Um, yes. So whether it was star cannon it was I remember star star cannons being a thing. Um, you know I, I remember playing against the army that had fifteen star cannons in it. I'm just like what? All right, that unit's deleted. That unit's deleted, and that unit's deleted. And it was just oh my god. And, and not to, and that isn't to criticise anyone who's an Eldar, Dark Eldar, or Harlequin player, or even a Yanari player. Although you might be the worst. No, like, <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> and but, they don't care because um, they're winning. So who cares? Yeah, like, but I really, I, I'm never someone who I don't like internal conflict in the community. Like, I think, yeah, definitely be challenging and, and conversational and upfront with your opinions, definitely. But it's never the person's fault. You know the idea of that guy? Yeah. That's what our yeah, show's so based I on. <laughs> Are you by me? That's what our show's based on. 
there isn't a guy, unless someone is cheating, there isn't a that, in my opinion. Because if you just turn up with your old R army and it just kicks the holy crap army, Gene Seelicol <laughs> army, you will 11 times out of 10. Um, then, like, that's, that's not your fault. That's no one's fault in the room. It's the game developer's fault. Right. And, and, and we should focus on that. And, you know, and being constructive, we should work towards how best to help them um, achieve the goals that they want. But unfortunately, the goals they want are sales. <laughs> so at that point, you have to ask yourself, what is the goals that we as a community or I personally want? You know, and if you're someone out there who's like, I'd really like there to be a more, a more balanced version of this game, then, you know, create one. Talk about it, like, make some points, talk to some people, try and get the idea rolling, you know, be that, be that person, if that's what you want. Or support someone who's trying to do it. Either of those two options. If you don't have the time or the resources, be like, that guy's trying to do a thing. Oh, you know, or that lady's trying to do a thing, sorry. Whoever, you know. Um, you yeah. Know, that not read the script person's trying. Give them some help or support, even if it's just a, a like on Facebook or a, a comment and say, you go. Yeah, the, um, I, as much as I say I hate Eldar, I, I'm fully aware that, um, everybody has that same option. No one told you not to bring Eldar. No one okay. told you not to bring, you know, like I play Chaos. Okay, I've been playing Chaos. Uh, Chaos is my main arm. I've been playing Chaos since Rogue Trader. I, I've been through the good. I've, I've been through the 3.5 Codex. I've been through 5th edition and 6th edition. Um, you know, I, I've been through the highs and lows. But, but more specifically, I play Black Legion. Oh, no. I don't play any other Legion. And I know Alpha Legion is, is what to play, but I'm, I refuse mm-hmm. to play it. And I win a lot. I lose a lot. And But doing that, I understand that it's my choice to play Black Legion, you know, to and not play Alpha Legion. And I don't really complain about it because I – and I have friends – I have friends tell me, why don't you play Alpha Legion? I tell them, no, I play Black Legion. Um, that's not an option. You know, and, and and I know people want to complain about certain armies and things like that, but everyone has their biases and everyone has their preferences. But I, I think I think, but everyone also has that option to play with a chaos Death Guard, uh, Imperial Guard, uh, you know, armies that are maybe a bit stronger um, in the meta. Yeah, right now. we do, but but <clears throat> but then I think again pointing the finger at the game designers and not at each other. You would expect and and, and to you know to, to validate your friend John and I'm <laughs> I'm no, sure some people don't. don't want me to. No, I don't want you to. <laughs> you don't have to do a show with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, to validate that in, in and give that some context. You do want when you walk into a shop and you say, Hey I would like to play uh, an army at a tournament, the guy in the shop is gonna say you can pick any army on the shelf, and that isn't true. Yeah, but that should be true. Yeah, yeah it agree. should be that you can at least give every army a run for its money. You know what I mean? Like, so you're saying, you're saying it, I shouldn't take green knights? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, I'm saying you should be allowed to take green knights and not feel like you're, you know, running a marathon with one leg. <laughs> 
you know, that's that's what it should feel like. Um, and and it doesn't. And then the, and there's a there's a um, expectation versus reality problem with the game, and that's obviously what I think I do on the show quite mm-hmm. well. And we talk about um, like me and Tom got into it for about 40 minutes, and again. I promise you, it's not always like this. But me and Tom got into it over a Leviathan Dreadnought, and he's like, "I'll never be close enough for it to hit me." And I was like, "But what if you are? Because I've used other tactics to get you close enough." And he's like, "I won't. My army is too fast." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "I understand that, Tom. Right? But what I'm trying to say is, it's pretty cool, and maybe, yeah." And and, and, and Tom like was great about it, and he was just like, "Maybe I'm being over TT." Um, but he was also really, really trying to drive home that expectation right like rob is saying this thing is cool it's great and if you can orientate it or create a game space where you can use it in the right context it's gonna do these things yeah but if you're playing against his eldar specifically or eldar or maybe some other factions it isn't going to do that thing so be aware of that when you go before you even go make a purchase like be conscious of it mm-hmm. um and i guess that's kind of the problem that you that you have to put a pin in each army. Yeah. And you have to say, I mean, yeah, great. I know that you love this model, but you know, like you said with your Helldrakes, or, or with <laughs> Helldrakes generally, right? Yeah. You know, everyone's like, I love Helldrakes. They're wicked. Yeah. Like, they are. But model's great. Yeah, but and then it's a shame <laughs> that we have to put that but in there, you know. And then your John would then follow up with, but. Are you going to just die turn one? And yes. the answer may be yes, because you're spending the points there instead of something that can either avoid being shot or murdered or, you know, is resilient enough. And that's a shame, I think, because that isn't what I want the game to be. But again, that's a personal opinion. Some people might like the fact that there's just a faction or two that's worth playing. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to see. I mean, I like, uh, and we'll talk about this. In... We'll actually talk about this next, but I, I don't want to see. I mean, I, you said you so you you played 40k in fifth edition. No, no. Okay, are you familiar with fifth, the end of fifth edition? What you were seeing on the tables? No, please tell me. It, it was basically gray knights. It was every tournament had about eighty percent gray knights. Right. Because they were they were then that's when they were last good, and that's probably why they're suffering now. Um, but they, the Grey Knights were one of the last codexes, and it, and towards the end of fifth, they, you just saw them on almost all the tables at every tournament. And uh, that's what, and I think that's what you're talking about, what you don't want to see, and you don't want to see the same, basically build, and uh, in on every table, or especially every army. Well, like, and and again, anyone listening. Um, and yourself, feel free to challenge this. I just don't think that's really interesting, right? Well, no, I like, agree, and that's what that's what I mean. I mean, it was just so boring to see nothing but Grey Knights across the field, everybody bringing the same thing, basically. And, you know, and there's, there's, there's something to be said about, like, just the spectacle and the entertainment of what we do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and mirror matches are interesting, I guess. You know, that's, that's fascinating. Playing five or six mirror matches in a weekend would not. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I challenge someone to say, yeah, that is what I want to do tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
That's so right. Stick um, about and, what, and also Warhammer's Warhammer is against it. In the like, look, I love it. Right, I'm dedicated to Warhammer. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but it's challenged left, right, and centre by other entertaining mediums. Yes, you've got great computer games, you've got great TV, you've got great films. You've just got the outside where there is stuff happening. There are walks and people and friends and family and being <laughs> at the pub and there are incredible books. Yes. You know, there is, there are, ent- there's entertainment, education, fun, like always outside of Warhammer. Um, and if the game designers make it so that it is just that, like, and, and if you're someone who's like, I don't care, I'll happily play with just the same faction against the same faction forever. Like, and I, I respect that and I'm happy that you're that person and you want to do that. That's good. Find all the other people and have a great time. But Warhammer won't expand beyond what it is. It won't incorporate more people. And I love incorporating more people because it's like that thing where have you ever met someone who's read a book that you've read? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my god! Like you can always <laughs> yes. meet someone. Yeah, you can always meet someone who's uh, seen a film that you've seen. Although when they haven't seen that film, you know, you do that ridiculous thing where you just ask them again. You haven't seen Blade Runner. No, but you haven't seen it. They answered the first time. You don't need to keep asking. Um, <laughs> um, but when, you know, when you find someone who's written a book that you love, that's great. Or when you find someone who's like into Warhammer, it's just, you're like, all right, what do you yeah. collect? And they're like, Necrons. You're like, oh, so sorry. Um, <laughs> wow. Like, <laughs> you know, and, it's great, and getting more people into a hobby would be wonderful. But if it's just, uh, if the game designers don't may understand that they need to create a community and they need to create like a viable, entertaining industry. Um, now, you might point at current sales and go, you are dead wrong, Rob, look how much they're selling. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but it's like there are businesses that operate like that you know they're they're called crash and burn Mm. you know where it's short-term game long-term loss right you know and they should be short-term loss long-term gain because these people like you and me and other people are going to be in the hobby for a long time yeah but when you're not encouraged to help support the company you won't so and they've they've had that before yeah um and, and while it's great that they're communicating now, it's wonderful, and I'm super on board with it. You know, what are they communicating? If you take Age of Sigmar, for example, they're doing the community articles at the minute. Mm. Um, they're doing a faction a day as a community article. And they're just hyperbole. You know, and, and I understand they have to be positive about their product. But, you know, like, if I, so if I am a car dealership and eight of my cars are shitty and one of my cars is good, you know, and I come and tell you that every car is good. You're like, well, you're in a business. Your job is to is to tell me that all the cars are good. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to go back to that business. Or right. you're not going to listen to that business. You're not going to trust them. So when you say it's going to be really big or really impressive, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get the hype. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes perfect sense. It, it's it's like you were saying earlier about the uh, about the lie. You either go to the liar or the guy who always tells you what what the real deal is. Mm. Uh, I think that's I think that's important, isn't it? Um, and I just want people to be in the hobby, and I don't want it to just be two factions because that is just boring. No, because then you're playing then you're playing Star Wars. 
That's a, that's a whole other topic. Do you have, do you play other games? I play a lot of computer games. Um, well, other war game, well, uh, tabletop games. Uh, no, I've played some board games before. I've like, I've played a teeny bit of Magic, a teeny bit, but as a war game, uh, no, I've only yeah, played games okay. I play, I play a lot. Mm-hmm. But I play mostly 40k now, but before I played Battletech and all those, and I, I was thinking about trying out the Star Wars one, but it's just Rebels and Imperials. There's only two army, two sides, so that's what, so I don't know how it's gonna grow, but that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, I just, it's not that, it's just that, you know, I mean, I'm based in Nottingham, so it makes sense to, to be involved with Games Workshop realistically. Right. Although there are other, there are other miniature companies also here as well. It's kind of the mecca, right? Yeah. Uh, Warlord Games is here and some of the companies. Um, and I just, I, I, I do, I did, so Warhammer Fantasy Battles, I love the narrative setting. Mm-hmm. Because it's just tied in with most of the fantasy. I've, I mean, it's just stolen from most of the fantasy I read as a, <laughs> yes. as a, as, as a younger man. Um, so, you know, that got me on board. And like I said, then the switch came to reading about the Horus Heresy. And, and what was fascinating, actually, doing a lot of the 40K coverage that I did on live was um, John obviously knew huge amounts of 40K law. But, and it's not that he didn't know any heresy law, but I was super invested in the heresy and he was super invested in current 40k what was amazing was i felt like i felt like gulliman right like i've just been woken from this ten thousand year nap and i was like what do they do with spirit stones that is terrible how do they power a race like, oh my god uh, we should murder them they sound bad um uh and, and i would always refer to them as legions i'm like what legions are you playing he's like it's a chapter um i'm like this sounds wrong it sounds like everything's gone wrong <laughs> oh my god so one of the reasons i have you on today is, is uh we're coming upon the the basically the one year uh anniversary of eighth edition mm-hmm. and i was talking with someone earlier in the week and i mentioned that and he's like are you sure it hasn't been two i know it's because it seems i mean it's only been a year but <laughs> it's almost like dog years where one year is equal to seven and it's just it's just so I, I played I we did a we did a I played in one of the first tournaments uh, first uh, grand tournaments uh, a week after it, it released yeah and and and, um, and I played against I remember one game was against like I think it was five doomsday arcs and a tesseract vault. Yeah. You know, and that and that and that tournament, I believe, was with the reason why uh, GW came out with that flyers uh, rule for uh, boots on the ground because it was, way, a, it was it was fire raptor spam, wasn't it? No, like, it, it was no, it was a uh, uh, I think it was three or four storm ravens and some storm oh, talents, yeah. and then a yeah. Gull- Gulliman was like huffing and puffing trying to keep up with all of them. Yes, um, or Blood Angels, or something. I forget what it was. All I know is that that's the that that was the list that won the tournament. Um, mm. But and they were quick to make that change. But uh, I mean, uh, it's been almost like a whirlwind year, to put it mildly. Yeah, it feels like that. You know, I feel like I've been out for five years. Yeah, if it, it's, it's when it's when you when you get into one of those relationships, you know, and that girl's just like. Just, just fire. Just a, just a, just, you, and you know, and, and your mates are like, this is a terrible decision. You're like, no, no, it's fine. 
It's fine. She's just working through some stuff. And then, like, you finally break up and they're like, you're like, oh, my God. Wait, it was only four months. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I've got a tattoo now, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious what, what your thoughts, especially since you were, you were inside in the beginning and, and then from the outside after you left. Yeah. Um, how you saw it evolve over the course of a year. Uh, going from basically, and and most people, this would just show my age, and most people had not gone through something like this before, because we've had the same core system uh, for almost fifteen, at least fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I definitely understood. I mean, they were super, super serious about making sure that we never expressed to people that. It was as monumental a change as as it was. A bit like a Age of Sigmar two coming out. They're like it's basically the same. We've just changed a couple of rules. <laughs> and I'm like it's a completely well. It is. It's just 40k. So yeah, yeah. with commander billets, right? Which are just stratagems in the other name. So no, it is a different game. Um, and at some point, you do have to ask yourself, like, what defines a different game? You know, like EA, they're like, we've just put a different number on it. You're like, okay. <laughs> right. But, like, you know, you got but you pick your game system, uh, and at some point you go, well, that game is different, and that game's an expansion. Uh, but 40K was obviously huge um, as, a, as a turnaround and as a, you know, change in a lot of the elements. And mm. I think a lot of it was I'd been through the process of, of having that conversation um, with Warhammer well, Fest about to Age Sigma, so uh, you know it was uh, my second time round, right? Uh, you know, and I'd been through that, and and it had been generally positive. There's there's two things to say about it though. Interestingly, with the Age Sigma thing, it was community led the changes upon release to mm-hmm. to get it to a place where it was a game that we could play at tournaments. Right. And for Games Workshop, it was Games Workshop-led, but it wasn't Games Workshop-led, was it? And that's the fascinating thing. You are, you are for for the players. Oh, okay. Is you end up... you, are, you, you re, They've released a game with their, their scenarios, and then mm. ETC straight off the bat, no matter what the core rules were, the points, and all the data sheets, you know, ETC are like, well, yeah, but you haven't thought about this, this, and this, so we're going to do this. And then ITC <laughs> go, yeah, but you haven't thought about this, this, and this, and also, fuck you, ETC, um, you haven't thought about this. And then you're like, okay, all right. So now that game is three games. That's yeah. interesting. Um it's like, yeah, but these are really good under this format, and these are under this format, and so you've got a divided company. Now, again, not the community's faults. It's the game devs' faults. It should be the game devs' responsibility to make those two communities either, either like the Blood Bowl um, release where they spoke to the competitive Blood Bowl community yeah. before they relaunched it, and they were like, what's in? What's good? What do we need to change? Mm-hmm. What should we look at? How best can we help you guys who have kept this game going for this long. Yeah. Same with 40K. You know, and I know for a fact that they're super involved with the frontline game, uh, frontline yeah. gaming guys, but they're not uh, being involved with the ETC guys. You know? So, um, yeah, I've noticed, it's arguable I've which is bigger. That. Yeah. And it's arguable which is better. Don't care which side of the fence you land on. Uh, I, I'm more for like a one-nation solution at the end of it. <laughs> um, like, because... Because it's divisive mm-hmm. and it creates conflict, and that like, well, is great 
for I don't did you watch the the, the TV show Babylon Five? <laughs> oh my god, yes, I, I remember. I used to watch it all the time. So you know the the argument between the shadows and the Volans, where yes. it's like, well, actually, all conflict creates evolution and creates strength, and then it's like order produces peace, and then and creativity, like, and and I always, I, I'm I'm always a little bit column A, a little bit column B, mm. um, but I don't think in this situation there's ever going to be, like, like if if ETC becomes the gaming system, I'm like great. If ITC becomes the gaming system, I'm like great. But I really do think until the game developers themselves really put a stamp on what the game system is mm-hmm. and they say, this is the gaming format, you will abide by our rules, you will do this thing, and then everyone fits into it. And you like, and then they address all of the core problems that people have with their gaming system. Mm. You know, they, you, someone's like, flyers keep winning, like, cool, we'll fix that. This keeps winning, that keeps doing that. And they understand their game. <laughs> which is arguable whether or not they understand the game. Um, uh, I think only then are you going to get a community that's, that's that all pulls in the same direction. And I'm super about that. I super want the community to pull in the same direction. I, do you? Do you want people to... Do you, do you love that there are different formats? Or do you wish that it was um, all... I on the same page. I would prefer... I... Like I said, I play, I've been playing tournaments since 2000 something. Since about 2000, since the first, uh, LAGT they had out here. Um, so for, I was used to having one system where GW, but GW ran everything. So GW ran everything, so you, everyone played basically the same game. Um, I, I would prefer it. You know, because it makes it makes things a lot easier when you go to outside your 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 area. Mm. You know, I I know because I know if I went to this tournament, since we're playing the same system more or less, I know what to expect. Um, I think now now because GW doesn't have, I don't know I don't know if they have the even the drive to want to do a, a their own like tournament system. I think they're I, I I'm. From what I understand is, is, and if I'm wrong, let me know. I'm, they're okay with everyone else kind of basically doing the work for them in doing all these tournaments. Well, um, it, like yeah, it's like zero outlay, right? Right. Like they don't they don't have to invest, and like everyone's like, I'll still buy all the models, <laughs> yes. and that's all they care about, right? right? Um, and also, I'll still buy all the books. It's just a reprint <laughs> of the last book with slightly yes. different rules, right? Like, um. And, I, and, and I'm one of those people, so like, if you yeah, like something with my voice, I'm like, that's me, right? So yeah. that's fine. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, okay. I'm okay. I, I would prefer one, just because it'd be one system, everybody's on board. And I don't know if we kind of have that now because I'm not too familiar with ETC. I'm, I'm familiar with it enough. I know what it is. I know more or less how the format is. I don't. I don't look at their FAQ. I don't look at that stuff. I'm not that into it. But. I don't know if it's enough. I don't think it's as different now as it was in seventh edition. I mean, I don't. So, it, I don't feel. I don't feel that it is because uh, Frontline, they haven't. They've only made one really big change, mm-hmm. and that's the first floor ruins line of sight blocking thing, which I hate. Other than, <laughs> other than that, um, and that, and to be honest, that's just a, they, they, I think they did that because most people have fifth, sixth, seventh edition terrain, 
where it didn't really matter because cover was was dealt differently. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's but an I, abstraction, right? Like, yeah. Uh, now, whether I mean, I mean, they could always, make, but the problem is they even make terrain that still has holes in the doorways on the first floor. So if you're gonna promote, if you're gonna promote. If you're going to promote this way of playing the first level, why not make terrain that blocks actually does block line of sight? Then you don't have to make that ruling. But what do I know? I'm just a judge, <laughs> right? <laughs> and this is it, right? This is the this is the healthy com- conversation and, and 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 concourse about it. Like for me, I just I just think it, I mean, you know, you've got four walls, but mm-hmm. the space marines can just walk through them walls. Okay, right. cool. But you know, my dragoon can't charge through that wall. <laughs> that, that, and that's, but that's, but the thing is, that's a, like you said, that's a developer issue, not so much. Uh, and you know, they know about it because they have that new night rule uh, stratagem. I don't know if you've seen that or not. No, tell me. It's a, it's a stratagem that basically lets lets the knight attack a unit that's on a second level. Oh right. Yep. They just can't use their okay. titanic feet. They have to use the, a weapon. They either have to use a chainsword or the gauntlet. So they, yeah, they know. But then, they know but then that they would know, have been written. But they know it's an issue because they made a stratagem for it. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I think the thing. I think the things that you think that they think are an issue, and the things that they think are an issue, <laughs> are vastly different in scope. <laughs> Well, I'm talking about the uh, the corn berserkers running right at a gun line. I that know. was two rules writers playing <laughs> that game. That was <laughs> yeah. We, that, we, that's we, when you got to bite your lip. It's like we've always like, been... you wrote this. Why are you playing this? What do you think the outcome is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. Um, I think it's a different mindset to write rules as opposed to become, I, you know, a, a grand tournament champion. <laughs> you know, I, I know. think there is. I think there is absolutely, and I think a huge proportion of that is helping, helping those guys to to get to that place where mm-hmm. they can understand. But the problem is, is that it's a filter, right? So, like. For me, so you're, you've been a judge, you played Warhammer your whole life, same mm-hmm. question to everyone out in the world. Winning a tournament, big tournament, how much is skill, how much is luck, and how much is just units that are too cheap? Oh, man. Um, if it's Eldar, it's all units that are too cheap. <laughs> with a little uh, bit of luck, right? With a, t- <laughs> with a, As long as you don't play against another Eldar player. <laughs> um, I think to, uh, we've always in a large tournament. Depending on the tournament and the size, mm. luck can luck can play a big factor um, because be, it. And it also comes down to whether you believe you can build a take all comers list nowadays or not. Um, if you don't think, if you don't build one, if you build one that's a, that's not take all comers, and you you are conscious conscious of. There's certain armies your army won't, your your army won't do well against. If you can if you're lucky enough to dodge those armies on your way to the top, then you'll win the you'll win the you'll win the tournament. And that that's mm-hmm. part of the luck. Uh, skill will come down to I think when things don't go your way. I think I think that's when skill plays a big part. And some players are better at it than others. 
we we have players that we know all we need to do is kill their most their the unit that they care about the most and they'll fall apart. Other mm. players they don't care. They'll they'll manage and they'll still win. Um, army army wise, from what I'm seeing now in terms of the tournament scene, it's I'm seeing a wide range of armies you know, at least in the top ten. It's no longer just you know Eldar Eldar Chaos Imperial you know. I'm seeing Tau, I'm seeing Necrons, I'm seeing Dark Eldar, um, Blood Angels, still seeing Chaos, still seeing Imperial. So the, I think it's getting to the point um, where army may not matter as much. We still have the low point of stuff with, like in like Eldar. Eldar, I think, is probably the biggest offender of that. Or I should say Eldari in general, not just Eldar. But I think I think luck and skill might be my, I think are becoming more important or on par with the army. But it's, there, but there's still, there's still, there's still, there, there's still room for improvement on the army part. And depending on the size of the, and luck, that really depends on the size of the tournament. If you're at an eight man tournament, it's going to be hard for you to avoid uh, certain matchups. If you're, if you're at a 500 man tournament, like the Blood Angel player that made it to the top eight, I don't believe played one Eldar player until he got into the top eight. Yes. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, it's like the, my thoughts are with that and, and, and how that works with the, the question is when, when there's a, when the pool of data that we have and the pool of data that we have from tournaments is actually quite low. Right. In games, compared to computer games for oh, like yeah. balancing Easy. issues and, and points adjustments and stuff, it's really really low. Um, and the actual information that we get can sometimes be quite um, convoluted. In you know, you, you would look at the Blood Angels play and you go, "Wow, how did how did that happen?" Like Blood Angels must actually be quite good. I need to go and relook at that codex. Well, <laughs> actually, maybe he just got lucky for six games. Right. You know, and that's and that's really the the kind of point I'm trying to make is that the pool of data is so limited and the information is so limited that people receive, especially the rules guys, because that would be we're assuming that the most avid 40k fan who tracks and reports all information from every tournament around the world, we're 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 expecting the game developers are at that level. That's what we're expecting. Yeah, and right. the reality that is that not that's not true. Yeah, so we're already at a level below that. Um, they're taking that information and they're making changes based on those assumptions. When the reality is, it's just like knee-jerk reactions based on like anecdotal information, mm-hmm. half imparted by playtesters. And then, do they respect the playtesters? Right. You know, it's a person-to-person conversation, and I'm sure you've had these experiences. You know, you work with someone, you don't really value that person's opinion as much as this other person's opinion because you don't think that there is. It's because you don't think that they're what they think is 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 worthwhile to think. But yeah. that's based on you. You could be wrong, you know. Um, and we all have to be like aware of our own like objectivity and subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, in these situations, so it's really hard to gather a pool of information. It's really hard to, uh, and even over the course of the past tumultuous year. I mean, how did you feel about the non-deep strike rule from the FAQ? 
Um, it affect it affected my army uh, slightly because I was doing a I, I, I was doing a, an assault based you know turn one when when, when it was oppor- when when the opportunity would present itself I would do turn one assaults but um, it, it 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 bothered me in that sense but it didn't bother me in that I tend to I'm, I'm a type of person that adjusts quickly. So, so for me, it's not that big of a deal. It's just like, okay, I'll just adjust what I, what I do and figure out a way to maybe work the army a different way. And I, to be honest, I am having a bit of an issue whether to go, uh, kind of like a, almost to go like a, a delayed assault or to just go shooty with my chaos army. Mm-hmm. Um, I went shooty with the Imperial Guard and, uh, I think I'm I'm building a night army, so obviously I'm going to shoot shooty with that, um, shooty and stompy. Um, but um, in terms of my chaos army, it's 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 had to I've just had my to adjust my way of thinking, how I approach the game, and what I might what I want my army to accomplish uh, over the course of uh, five or six turns. But in in for me personally, it, it because I've played for so long. I think, and because I'm used to, I, you get used to the abuse, I guess is the way I put it. You get used to changes being made for change sake. You know, whether, you know what I mean? Whether, like, like I, I still remember being able to consolidate in the combat. That was a thing. Then when they went from 4th to 5th edition, that was gone. And it was kind of a culture shock, but we had to adjust. Um... So for me personally, it, it, it just changed the way I thought, I thought about my army. I know some people had a hard time with it. Some people are still trying to, you know, I, you saw it online. Um, especially, especially until they clarified that you couldn't, everyone, that everyone assumed you, if you veiled, if you did veil of darkness, you could only stay in your deployment zone, which makes veil useless on turn one. Mm-hmm. Or if you did the jump, you can only jump into your, into your deployment zone, which makes that useless on turn one. Um, but since they clarified that, it makes some armies a little bit more, much better, a little bit better. But, but I, I, it was, it's hard for me because of my background in that, okay, it's just something new I need to deal with and I just adjust accordingly. Okay. It's, it, and that, that's what I mean when sometimes when, when, when me and, and some of the other guys talk about it, it's not that big of an issue for us because all of us have been playing in, in our group for, at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, for me, for me, it's all about just a better future. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of where my thoughts are. Okay. Like, See, I I'm, describe- the, I'm, I'm a, a perfect example of the battered wife syndrome. <laughs> to be honest. And I recognize that. Yeah, they think he's smart enough to realize that that's what they have, right? Yeah. You know, like, put it out, and it's like, well, it's not, it's not, put, it's not very good. It's like, it's fine. They'll just take it. <laughs> Yes, because because to me to me especially after the in the last five ten years at least they're doing something. Now I agree. Now you know, but you know if your house is on fire, you know, <laughs> and I come up and I start spitting on it, you know, you go oh, well. I mean, I guess you're there trying. <laughs> I mean, there's a hose next to you. You could use that, right? But you've 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 made a choice, um, and I'm stuck with it. It's baby steps. 
<laughs> yeah, like, and that's what I meant about trust, actually, and mm. and to 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 thread some of those themes through is is when you aren't being honest with your customer base, and when you are, uh, or when the game devs aren't being honest with us, and we're not, and we're and they're not listening to us about certain items, but they're being communicative. Mm. I mean, it's great they're being communicative. Again, we're both in the same place. But when they're being untruthfully communicative about something being good or this is the reason we've made this change or um, you go, you haven't addressed the issues. You know, before we were blindly being beaten up. Right. You know, but now we've been beaten up and being told, oh, well, we meant to beat you up in this way. (laughs) That seems because now before you were mean, but now you just seem mean and stupid. Um, And that's. That I think is something maybe, and I'm not advocating the player base stop playing. That's and, and that's and that's not my feelings. I'm going to be playing Warhammer for a long time. Yeah. I just I just mean like for me, I feel I feel like just being with the FAQ as an as an example. Mm. I mean, it was it was later than promised. Yes. So that's a break in trust. Then it was communicated that it would be late, but for no, you know, for we we saw something at Adepticon we didn't know. <laughs> And, yes. and as far as I was aware, nothing at Adepticon was new information. No, uh, from what I, <laughs> yeah, there was nothing new there. Like no, no one was like, wow, uh, at that's least, new. Well, at least to us, let's I guess put it that way. And us is and us is also the people listening. So just anyone paying attention anyone to the hobby, paying attention right? that's not a developer. I think that's <laughs> that's there that's we go. We're getting to the same point, right? Yeah, and then. Um, so nothing new came out. We're in that same timeline. So, you know, when that goes up, we're all like, well, what did you see? It must have been something big. And then eventually comes out and it's like a live Facebook thing for a start. Mm-hmm. And the apology was really poor. Like, sorry, this is taking us ages. Like, what, is that it? You haven't like spent, like, I'll give you some good customer service tips. Like, spend 45 minutes and write like an interesting scenario that we could all play. You know, as a, as a, sorry, we're late. Here's a scenario <laughs> that took us four minutes to make or right. anything, you know, like just the gentlest of reach arounds is what we, you could have <laughs> as an apology. It could have been anything, couldn't it? True. Could have been absolutely anything, but it was nothing. It was, sorry, it was, yeah, it, was, it takes a bit longer than we thought. And it was like, what did you do? Nothing. We just kicked the sandcastle. I mean, we could have approached it with like, a laser sharp scalpel and we could have been really precise and we could have been really definitive and we could have really looked at some things, but we were like, nah, just, you can't deep trick someone's appointment to one. Take that. You know, it's like they just punted a ball and they were like, let's see where that lands. Yeah. Yeah. That's mixed up the hornet's nest enough. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, like, don't, I don't know where they came up with that though or what that came out of. And why did that take 17 days extra? <laughs> I, Months I, I, of research for 17 days <laughs> extra. Yeah. Months of research to find out what we already do. And then 17 days just be like, oh, can't deep strike. Go for that. See how you feel. Only three of a thing. But what about demon princes? Well, no, I don't, don't, I don't. <laughs> or hellhounds or anything in a squadron. Stop asking us, <laughs> stop asking us questions, man. We've talked once. <laughs> it's like an angry parent. Stop. Why you stop asking me questions when every time we're asking why, why, why? <laughs> but they're not. They're not the parent in this situation. They're the child. Yeah. 
the, what they are is the parent going, why did you do this? Yeah, yeah. the child's like, I don't know. It's like, well, why, what do you think, what were you thinking? I wasn't thinking. Yeah. Don't put it, don't put it in a position where we're the children because we're not. We're the adults. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that I mean, as much as much as I, I'll adjust to it, it, it was it was when it first released, it was just kind of it, it's it's a head scratcher to be honest, you know. But again, I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily like poo pooing decisions, right? Although for me, Alpha Striking Gunline Armies were really strong, and the Beta Rule did nothing but make them stronger. Exactly. Yeah, so. I, I I don't know I don't, I don't know if something happened. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> I, I can only only guess, and I, I I have I have a very good imagination. So, <laughs> if if I can give you any advice, Nottingham is famously built on a hill, and it's full of caves. So maybe they're just all troll. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? Maybe they wanted to do it and just see what happens. Like you said, just kick the horn's nest and see what see what comes out of it. I mean, it's much easier than doing any work, right? Well, someone's got to do it. I always maintain Eighth Edition is a beta test. Oh, do you? It, it, I'm, I, this has to be a beta test. It's a beta test. It's like PUBG. PUBG is technically a beta that we yes. pay for. And I figure yeah. this is the same thing. I don't think that's... Well, that's definitely not what they feel. <laughs> that's how it comes off to me, anyway. <laughs> so... My wife is very proud to really justify it. <laughs> yeah, they're not telling me it's a beta test. They're not... They love me, really. They wouldn't do this to me. <laughs> We're all guinea pigs. It's all a government, all a government experiment. <laughs> it's a British government experiment now. Yeah. So it's been an interesting year for 40K. Uh, it's, it's, to say the least, hmm. between un- hmm. under-costed Fire Raptors to immensely over-costed Fire Raptors within the space of, like, three months... I enjoy I enjoyed the I enjoyed the don't buy four draw products release. That was really fun. <laughs> oh what you like that model? No. That's not for you. That's well, you own it. Yeah. Tough. Live with it. Yeah. The uh yeah. The the uh before before the chapter approved uh, ITC did have a ban on power level thirty one and above uh for their right. tournaments. And that was mainly because of what we call the super chicken. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And Rex or however you say it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Sweet Big Bird, Super Chicken, whatever you want to call it, except the actual name. Um, but um, and then they that's why I guess they priced it out, basically priced it out of the game at that point. And everything else. And everything else, because they, they put all the other demon print demon uh Demons at demon uh, greater demons. The Forge were Gary at the prices they used to be in seventh. Yeah, or is it that the rules guys for Citadel help create volume sales for Citadel PNL, whereas the four <laughs> PNL <laughs> separate. See, you're just you're just feeding my theory, my conspiracy theory. <laughs> Not a theory. That's the facts. Is it? Yeah, I was like, it makes sense, right? Like, so the new Knight Codex, right? Mm-hmm. You know, are, are we going to see a revisited points cost? The Custodes Codex, there we go. That's one that we know. Yeah, okay. Custodes Codex comes out. Citadel Main, they're like, we've got Custodes models too. 
It's like, sweet. Okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> Release them as well. You really enjoyed those four drawer products, did you? Yeah, really thought you'd get in on this bandwagon and make some extra money. Good. All right, sweet. What have you made? These. Sweet. How can I use my four drawer stuff with it? Can't. <laughs> Why? You're the same company. Can't. Said so. Ha <laughs> ha. It is the what same about, company, right? Because people, people are trying to show me they're not. To use, it's the same, it's the same company. It's the same company. You know, like what, what, but these models, I've been in Warhammer World. The Forge World store is next to the Citadel store in the same building, in the same company, because you're the same company. Can't use them though. Ha ha. Buy our plastic ones. We're better. Screw you. That's, that's, um, there you go. You don't need another example. I've, I've given it you. It makes no sense. Does it make any sense to you? No, it doesn't. We have always, I've always maintained that it's the same company, and then people tell me, "No, it's different because whatever, whatever, whatever." I'm like, "No, it's the same company." It's st- the same I, company. My, it's just separate apartments. Yeah, my credit card still says Games Workshop, whether I buy Forge World or I buy Games Workshop Main. Uh, it's the same P and L sheet. Yes. Yeah, like when you buy Total War on Steam, a percentage of that money is still going to Games Workshop because it's got their name on it. Yeah. Like, um, and it just doesn't, like, it makes, it really annoys me, the custodies thing. <laughs> only because I love, only because I love the custodies. The narrative we, of the custodies is wicked. In, in and a, I'm like, in super our, Jones. In our league, what? we allowed one of the guys to use the beta rules for his custodies because he wanted to play them real bad. And they, and they're, they're, they're not good rules. I didn't say they were good. He just wanted to play them, so it's like yeah, no, I, no, I'm with him. I, I was like, yeah, I can, use, <laughs> I can use my big banana boat. I'm so excited. Yeah, and I was like, why would I take this when for one command point I could just teleport the guys? <laughs> right. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, it's such a head scratcher. It, it's. I try not to think about it. it. Makes my head hurt. It makes me laugh. I like it. It's good gallows humor. Are you like Adam, where you still pine for the days of the Chaos 3.5 codex, so you tend to buy the models that are from that era? Or maybe you're like John, who plays just about every army so much that, like the saying goes, he's like a doorknob, every army gets a turn. Then you want to go to Trader-A.com. It's an easy and convenient way to sell your used models and games. And the transaction is easy. Just send them a list of what you have and pictures of your models, and he'll get you a quote. Ship it, and after he checks it over you'll receive a payment over PayPal. It's a quick and easy way to get rid of your fantasy, Age of Sigmar, or 40K models. Captain A has been part of the 40K community in the Northwest region for a number of years, so he has been here for a while and doesn't plan on going anywhere. He pays as much as 40% more than other resellers on the market, and it's a quick and easy way to get rid of your Warhammer and fantasy and AOS models. If you don't want the hassle of eBay or other similar sites, and you're like Danny who likes to build armies, never play them, and then sell them back, then Trader-A.com is for you. Again, that's Trader-A.com. The game is not really the same as it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Do you see, Do you, I mean, we've we seen AOS 2.0 now. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it going to follow that same cycle where every three years you're going to get a new edition of 40K? Um, I don't know that, so I would just be guessing. Um, I would say so. I mean, I was in a conversation once where they did talk about a two-year cycle of rinse and repeat. Okay. Um, that was a conversation I had in happenstance that might not be true. So, like, <laughs> you know, like, so take with, like, don't be like, Robert said, because like, that's not, that's definitely not what's going down there. Well, you did um, say it, 
but, but I'm yeah. gonna, I'm well, gonna well, cut out the rest of the part. conversation about it. So <laughs> the magic. Of I actually I got in trouble once uh, for a tweet I made um, while I was working as workshop, and they were like, "Can you rob this?" This looks like you're you're being negative about one of our products, and I was like, "No, it's not what I said." Look at the context of the conversation. It's like, yeah, but um, you have to type things on the internet as if they can't be taken out of context. And I went, "You're insane," because <laughs> that is <laughs> context very is literally the point of conversation. If <laughs> if if there isn't a context for it, it's just noise coming out of a face. Um, uh, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know where, uh, I don't know if we're going to get, uh, I hope not, because mainly for everyone that's had to buy a battle tome, right, or, or sorry, a codex, um, I feel, I mean, I just bought the Holocaust Codex, and I, like, I've just been reading it through, I did a show on it the other day, I think the narrative of the Holocaust Codex is great, super in love with that army, think it's wicked, love, love Kagarach, um, and I feel like we might all be Harlequin players, really, with like smiley faces, <laughs> but crying souls. Um, like we're all secretly just Harlequins. But I don't, um, I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's wicked because of the people who you play with, right? Mm-hmm. The game, and I, and I mean that time and time again. Yeah. Like someone, like right? you, you'll know, you'll go to a tournament, right? And that guy's like, I'm the Imperial Fist player, and you play him, and you're like Imperial Fists, yeah. and then your brain kind of worries you, like. What don't I know? Why is there an Imperial Fist guy? <laughs> Looking around, like, how many other Imperial Fist guys are there? Like, what is this? Is this something I've never heard of? And he's like, some secret he's like, I love Imperial Fist. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I love Imperial Fist. And you're like, okay. And then you play him and you're like, oh, okay. That's not a big deal. <laughs> right? But wow. then afterwards, you're like, you talk to him and he's like, I still love Imperial Fist. They're the bestest ever. And you're like, fuck, I love you. Like, let's be best friends for life. Yeah? And you sit down yeah. and he tells you how he loves walls and he's an architect <laughs> and he thinks Rogue or Dawn's a genius and you're like, I am super into you as a person. And, it, <laughs> and an that's architect. it. It's a hobby full of creative, wonderful, weird, wicked individuals. Um, and playing those games lets you meet them. Yeah. So, uh, And if Games Workshop keep doing stupid stuff, like great stuff, they've done some great stuff too. Yeah. Like they made the game works works well enough. Whatever, like good job, that'll do. You know, you've made it. You've done. You've done okay. Um, uh, so, just be critical when they make stupid mistakes and be honest about it. And then just be like, when they do something good, just be like, great job. I think that's yeah, the, that's the it. Uh, one of one of my my friends says that it's it's not. It may be the great game that brings you there first to like a convention or a tournament or whatever. But you go back every year be- to see those people again because that's usually the only time you ever see them. And you just have a great time. And every time we, yeah. every, every time we go to LVO, it's always a great time because we get to see people literally from around the world at this point. That, and that's the only time we get to see them and we have a great time and, and it's all because of 40k or Warhammer in general. I would also say that there's, there's a thing that, I've been, this, so this is, this is fresh out of my mind, so you guys, it's not a new thought, but it's one I've been working through in my head for the past six months or so, is that maybe we're all just in love with the game that it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when we, when we talk about absolutely silly decisions and, you know, um, I mean, just on, just on I played a game the other day, you know, my friend 
me and my friend were playing and uh, and he was like he tried to put solitaire on top of a building next to this my cat from robots and um in and he couldn't put it so it so you could place it um and pre and post the FAQ and couldn't place it you can't put it there right um, right you know super abusive but those are the rules as written mm-hmm. and those are the you know and my friend was like you know like like my friend was like oh I charge there but I can't put him on base to base can I oh I can't put him so he's he's level and I was like no and, and my friend was like oh wobbly model it's fine so it's not since the FAQ and he went that's ridiculous well you can't just charge him and I was like no <laughs> Like, and I was really okay about it. I was like, I don't care. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm not bothered. I was like, I also can't seem to shoot him. So, you know, like, Mikasa Sukasa, like, we're all, something's happening. It's fine. Um, but he was really upset about it. He's like, that's ridiculous. I'd let you do it. And I was like, it doesn't matter what you'd let me do. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's happening. Um, yeah. and that's the, that's, and, um, but I think that's the problem, right? It was, it was abusive. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It didn't make sense that a solitaire of all things couldn't just be like, kind of like, spinning through the air, jumping off mm-hmm. a piece of wall as he's like murdering stuff. Like yeah. it's the most agile unit well, model in the game, more or less, um, or in the narrative. Sorry, and then the game. So. I think we're in love with a game that it could be, mm-hmm. and I think this is a great addition. Uh, I, I still think that. I still think I it's agree. fun to play. I think it's really good. I don't think it's the addition that's the addition, right? And arguably, they don't ever want to make the correct edition because then, you know, what do they do then? Yeah. You know, like what do they do when they've made the really good game? And I don't. Like, what's I don't... The next? Yeah, and I, I don't think any game ever gets to that point, though. I don't think there's any perfect game out there. I don't, I don't, well, I don't think there is, but it also makes sense not to strive towards perfecting a system, right? Because if they do, they can't sell you the next system. So, I mean, that's a really macabre thought, um, that, that they may never intentionally release something that doesn't need constantly updating because you pay for the updates. I don't think, like, I haven't been in that conversation and there's enough hope left in me that that's not true because that's a malice conversation. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we're sure. safe on them not, not getting a uh, perfect edition. <laughs> I, I have a feeling. But whether or not that's intentional, that's the point, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and again, I think, I, I think I'm going to come back to malice over stupidity. I yeah. don't think. I don't think that's there. I don't think that's there. But we'll see. Like, oh, well, we won't see. We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, and that's fine. I'm know. okay with that, as long as I enjoy the game. Yeah, and, and it is really fun when you don't play old art. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are my experiences. Yeah, that's... That sums it up perfectly. I think on that note, we'll call it we'll call it a night or early morning for you. Um, again, thanks, Rob. No, thanks uh, for having me on. Thanks, on. Uh, everyone, don't forget it's the Honest Wargamer. You can catch it on Twitch, uh, on podcast, uh, YouTube, uh, any yeah, other Twitch channels. Shows. Twitch shows for forty k specifically. If that's anything you're interested in, is Thursdays, uh, seven pm mm-hmm. UK time. Okay, and then uh, if you are interested in Age of Sigmar, that's I believe Mondays. Mm-hmm. Monday, 7 p.m. UK time. 
Okay, so so check Mondays or Thursdays. Thursdays if you're in 40, interested in 40K. Mondays if you have an inkling on Age of Sigmar. Um, and then it's usually usually uploaded on YouTube also. And then there's always a podcast, which is what I listen to because uh, I'm usually not available to watch the, the Twitch stream. But again, thanks again, Rob. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to look for TFG Radio on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and don't forget to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Also, don't forget to look up our website, tftradio.com, for all the latest updates. Finally, don't forget our Patreon page. Just look up TFG Radio. You can contribute as much as you want, and this gives you access to exclusive content. Again, thanks for listening, and good night.